Chapter 32. It was worse than I'd imagined, like acid burning through my skin. The screams that tore through the tunnel weren't mine at first. They belonged to the god of death, but it wasn't long before my screams joined as, his, as the monsters ate away at his eyes and my flesh. Brooks grabbed my other arm and pulled me away from the water. I fell back, crashing against the deck. I heard heavy footfalls. Jazz had returned to the boat. The tunnel walls had stopped closing in. I gasped, shivering uncontrollably. I was in shock. Terrible, numbing shock. Brooks's voice was coming at me like she was underwater. Zane, what did you do? Zane this, Zane that, Zane, Zane, Zane. At the edge of my mind, I, could, I remembered thrusting my arm into the water. I could still feel the monster's sharp teeth. I looked up at Brooks. Her dark hair spilled around her worried face. Get me a rag for his arm, she said. There was a sudden sound of rushing water, and our poor crunched boat pitched forward with a groan. Soon it felt like we were crushing, sorry, cruising down a river. The rotten smell had disappeared, which told me we weren't in the tunnel anymore. But the darkness hadn't let us go. My breath evened out. My eyes focused. Terrified of the damage I might see, I squinted at my wound. The skin was raw and bleeding, like the time I'd fallen off the back of Honda's truck and scraped my knees against the hot asphalt. From what I could tell, at least some of Apooch's mark was gone. I hoped those eyes were history. Jazz shone his flashlight on me while Brooks shoved a rag into my hand for me to hold against my wrist. She cursed under her breath while she prepared a bandage. Jazz had found some gauze in the boat's first aid kit, but it must have been for giants because it was huge. She tore a strip with her teeth. You saved us. That was Hondo. Hondo. I turned to see him kneeling next to me, a smirk sliding across his face. You're one crazy, stupid, brave kid. I grabbed hold of him, pulling myself into a sitting position and hugged him with all the strength I had left. I'm sorry, I whispered. Sure, my flesh might have been dinner for some creepy fish, but I couldn't imagine the pain he had gone through. Other than the dark shadows under his eyes, he looked okay, but that's not what worried me most about him. Sometimes the bruising on the inside is what gets you the worst. Brooks gently took hold of my arm and began wrapping it, first with the gauze, then with the strip of silk lining she'd torn from Jazz's purple vest. It wasn't exactly a cool bandage because the fabric had tiny pink flowers all over it. Not so tight, I flinched. She definitely should never be a nurse. Then I put my hand over hers and made her look at me. It was my fault, I muttered, because I knew she was blaming herself for the last jade. She brushed away a tear and opened her mouth but said nothing. You're one hell of a hero, running, or running a pooch off like that. Jazz clapped me on the back, and I wondered if he'd meant to put that much muscle into it, or if maybe it was payback for lying to him. You saved our lives. But there wasn't time to celebrate. The real battle hadn't even started, and without the jade, I had nothing to help me. Jazz tried to, to start up with me. So you're a godborn, eh? Can we talk about that later? Brooke shot him a glare and helped me to my feet. You're okay? Other than the pink flowers? Zane. Yeah, I, I'm fine, I said, forcing a smile. Satisfied I wasn't going to bleed out, she snapped. You could have lost your arm, you idiot. What were you thinking? I had to take out his eyes. He could see me, see every move before I made it. Hondo gave a short nod of approval. You attacked his weakness. But seriously, dude, that was pretty gross. So I'd found the first soft spot. Peeks is overconfident and his underestimation of me, and I'd landed a blow. I had to admit, I felt pretty proud of myself, despite the fact that I was going to have a killer scar to remind me of the terrible burning pain from those evil little fish with razor teeth. 
They'd only removed half of a pooch's mark, and now it looked like his regular eyeless skull, but at least he couldn't see me anymore. I went to stand, and that's when I saw my flattened backpack. I must have fallen on top of it. I quickly unzipped it and, uh, and rooted around for Miss Cab's eye. I didn't have to pull the baggie out to know. I could feel the mush. I smashed her eyeball. She was definitely going to kill me if a pooch didn't do the honors first. The boat pitched. A dim light flickered up ahead. Inch by inch, we floated toward it until the tunnels disappeared entirely. Whoa, Hondo turned in slow circles, taking in the gray jungle around us. Brooks drew in a sharp breath, leaning over the boat's edge. Broad trees stretched toward the cloudless sky, their branches drooping with the weight of spider webs that were choking the life from them. It was a strange world, dull, like all the color had been drained from it. The trees, the sky, the earth were all different shades of gray. Other than the dried leaves rustling in the slow breeze, the, the place was as silent as an old graveyard. It's eerie, I said, not sure what to expect, what I was expecting. The old world, Jazz whispered with all awestruck as if it needed to be named. Yeah, emphasis on old, as in one foot in the grave. Hondo grimaced. Place looks dead. Not dead, Jazz said, asleep. It has been eternal night here ever since the gods abandoned it. Two small rooms, two small moons inched across the sky in perfect synchronicity. Hang on, I said, a pooch gave me until the third moon, but the moons here are always present. Maybe he meant in our time zone, Hondo said. Brooks blew a stray curl from her face. Puke doesn't care about time zones. All he cares about is winning. Good point. Uh, good point, Zane. If the moons here never disappear, he could essentially show up any second. How could she be so calm about this? Pukeface had told me he needed time to take care of a few things. I'd hope, I hoped that meant things in our world. How do we know what time it is here? I asked Jazz so I could figure out the time back home. Jazz smacked his forehead and rolled his eye. Time? Here? Kid, you've got a lot to learn. Time isn't marked in the old world. He glanced at the watch on his wrist. Lucky for you, my watch keeps real world time, even when I'm here. It's still morning in Cali. So I had almost a whole day left, hoping I'd, hopefully, I'd started breathing again. Hondo craned his neck to see Jazz's massive silver watch with a dozen dials and buttons. I know a few things about marketing, he said to the giant. Maybe we could become partners. Then again, I guess your watch probably wouldn't be that popular considering no one comes here, he added with a shrug. But the other stuff, like that scooter, totally awesome. Super, surp, super turbo Jazz, Jazz grunted. I have lots of inventions. Some didn't turn out too well, like the dog collar that was supposed to make dogs fly. Ended up burning off their fur instead. I got sued over that one. Lost half my life savings. Guys, Brooks interrupted. Focus? The boat bumped up against the, an embankment of crumbled stone where the river ended. Time to disembark, Jazz said cheerfully. But there was nothing cheerful about the sleeping gray place. Only a feeling of dread. And the first thought that crept into my head, I don't want to die here. Jazz shouldered a huge pack and stepped off the boat. We all followed. Adjusting his eye patch, he turned to Brooks. Is now a good time, little hawk? He was asking for her permission to interrogate me, so I cut him off at the pass. 
Yes, I'm a godborn, I said. There was no point in trying to hide it now. It was all a it was like a boat with a leak in the bottom. Pretty soon it would fill with water and sink. You can't tell anyone, Jazz, Brooke said, hoisting her bag over her shoulder. Jazz looked offended. You know giants are the best secret keepers next to the seers, that is. Then he narrowed his eye an inch closer to me. Wait a second. If you're part god, uh-oh, he'd figured it out and looked like he was going to blow. Whatever was sleeping here was about to wake up. He clenched his boulder-sized fist. You're the one who set that masochistic, bloodthirsty monster free. Hondo stepped between me and the giant, craning his neck to look up at Jazz. Hang on, he argued. He argued he didn't have a choice. I mean, he did, but not really. Give the kid a break. Jazz began to shake. A fat green vein throbbed in his neck. Brooks rushed over with a chocolate drink from her pack, which he guzzled, leaving dribbles down his chin. He did it to save me, Brooks said pleadingly. I would have died if Zane hadn't let him out. Jazz's gray eye roved between me and Brooks like he was trying to connect more dots. How long would it take for the gods to do the same? The gods will kill you when they find out, he said finally. No way they will let another godborn live. Then he let out a burp that reeked of onion and dust. Yeah, so I've heard, I said. But I uh, needed to stay alive as long, uh, long enough to kill a pooch. I'd worried about the gods after that if there was an after. You, Jess marked, skinny kid with a limp, I finished a sentence. I was going to say lopsided head, but okay, Jess snapped a branch off a tree and handed it to me. I guessed it was supposed to be a walking stick. Best leave it to the gods, kid, he went on. They've got a lot more experience with this sort of thing. He is a god, Hondo argued, and a hell of a fighter. He can take down a demon runner in his sleep. I love my uncle, but he wasn't helping my case. Jazz didn't look convinced. Demon runners are shadows of the gods with none of their magic or power, giant, the giant said. The fact is, we don't know enough about your brand of god-born blood, what it's capable of or not. He wiped some chocolate off his chin and licked his fingers. That was the whole reason for the sacred oath, to keep things balanced, orderly. Unless you've got some powers greater than the gods, you need to step aside. It has to be him, Jazz, Brooks insisted, tugging off her single boot. We we can't let anyone else get to a pooch. I hear an or else in there, little hawk, or else I die, I said. Or else he becomes a soldier of death, Brooks added, tossing her boot away. Death would be much better than that, Jazz shrugged, like he was used like he was used to hearing this sort of thing all the time. Whatever, you want to get yourself killed, be my guest, but I don't drag little Hawk into this any more than you already have, he said. Then his eyes, his eye lit up as if something important had occurred to him. So that's it. What, I said. What's it? Your dad, Jazz began, whoever he is, he stuck his fingers in his ears. And don't tell me, the less I know, the better. He wanted you to lure a pooch to this place because he knew that the gods wouldn't look here. Not at first, anyway. He bought you time to do the deed yourself before all the heavens and descend on you like vultures. Not sure if that means he likes you or hates you. I guess you could look at it either way. You sure the gods won't come here? I asked, not sure whether that made me feel better or worse. Jazz started down a shadowy path. Look around, kid. No one's been here in eons. Hondo's eyes cut across the pale world. Not exactly a dream destination, he said. Then I really need to change out of these threads. Can I keep, but can I keep the suit? 
Jazz smirked, and I figured it was safe to ask him about the spark striker then. Lightning pounder, he said. Yeah, I've heard of her. Lightning pounder, that sort of sounded sort of violent. She strikes lightning into seers, giving them powers. She's all women's lib, trains girl, trains girl orphans who have nowhere else to go, stuff like that. Don't know what your old man would want with her. I mean, unless he wants her to train you, which there isn't time for. Right, I said, feeling stupidly small. Why would Hurricane send me to an ancient lightning pounder who trains orphan girls? Last time I checked, I wasn't an orphan girl. What if this lightning pounder couldn't help me? Jazz grunted. Let's move on, kid. You've got a god to kill.